You're listening to the Plastic Surgery Revolution with Dr. Stephen Davis, the one and only podcast that discusses modern plastic surgery and leaves you looking great and feeling better. Welcome, everyone, to the Plastic Surgery Revolution. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Davis, board-certified plastic surgeon. For a lot of you that follow me on different uh, social media type outlets, one of the things that I've been doing more and more of is training doctors, nurses, physician assistants in the art and the science and the safety of injectables. And one of the things that continues to be uh, a topic that I'd like to really focus in on during my trainings is how precise you really want to be with your neurotoxins like Botox or Dysport or Juveau and also with your fillers like Restylane's and Juvederm's and all of those names that everybody knows because what really turns out to be the ongoing referral pattern for patients that really want to come back to see you in particular, that really feel like they look as youthful and as great as they always wanted to, is the precision in which you are injecting these products. Last evening, I conducted a pallet training course virtually. And a few of the um, people that had been logged into the virtual training asked some very, very important questions. And I felt like the questions really were masked inside of what I'm about to explain to all of you that are getting injectables and you are the ones that we're trying to really, we're trying to train well enough so that we can make you get the results that you actually want in the least expensive way possible. You know, everybody is wanting to make sure that they're really using the products in a certain way and we're not overdoing it so that it's not costing you more than it should, number one. And number two, it's done in a really safe fashion. And I hate to say that this is not number three. This should have been actually number one, but that you're not going to look funny and you're not going to feel funny after having this injected. Now, there are a few articles that have been written in some very respected journals that talk about the placement of where the products should be, the longevity in which these products will take on, how long they'll last. And the third op, the third thing is, where should you be getting these done in terms of timing, if you're having a laser resurfacing, if you're having uh, dental work, if you're having um, 
weight loss issues, weight gain issues. Those are things that are really topics that we really aren't talking enough about. So let me get into it right now. The first thing is the placement of the product and the techniques used to get that placement where you want it to go has a lot to do with a few very important things. The first is, does the person that is doing your injections really understand the anatomy of the area where they're doing the injection? A perfect example. If you're injecting the crow's feet, if you're injecting the brow area where those 11 lines are that everybody talks about getting Botox injected, where is the depth of the needle placement? Where's the correct depth for that needle to be placed? The answer is, depending on the muscle that you're injecting, are you trying to get that muscle where it starts or originates from? Are you trying to get it where it inserts to? Now, I may be getting into the weeds a lot with this stuff, but my general feeling about this topic is I really believe that the better injectors will be able to accomplish more with less product because they are using the product precisely. They're using a very small, small, thin needle. They're placing the product exactly where it should be placed. It doesn't need to spread somewhere else. If you're trying to make the cheek and the center of the cheek look more like the apple of your face, if you're trying to get the light reflex to be right where it's supposed to be in that area of your cheek, you want to make sure that the placement of that filler product is accentuating that height. So you're going to see the light there so that it can cast the appropriate shadow where you want to see some curves of the face, etc. So everything I'm trying to explain to you is all about How come some of your results or some of your girlfriend's results or people that you know's results don't look the same as they may have done the last time they got injected? Or how come yours don't look exactly like somebody else's? A lot of it has to do with your own anatomy, but a lot of it could also have to do with the placement of the product and the skill and the artistry of who was doing the injections. So I think that really goes back to understanding where you want to go to get these treatments done and to also be able to converse with who's ever doing your treatments in such a way that you can explain what you're looking for and where you're trying to enhance certain things. I do want to make a a comment about Some of these weight loss medicines that I know a lot of my patients have been on recently. And one of them, I'm sure you all have heard the term um, or the the name of the drug, um, Ozempic, Wagovi, those type of products. You know, if you are taking those products and you're starting to notice what a lot of people have called the Ozempic face, It really means that you're starting to lose a rapid amount of weight. And because of that, you may be losing facial fat. 
And some of the products that were placed in the appropriate locations at some point are no longer there. So when you go in to get your next injection, some people may say, oh, they believe that the the placement of the product may have been wrong or it migrated. I'm sure you've heard that term used also that, you know, you went to get injections and the product migrated somewhere. Well, I got to be honest with you. Migration of the product, although it probably does exist to some extent, I think that's a very, very, very small part of the population. I think a lot of times it was either injected improperly, there was either too much product injected in the area, or the wrong type of product was used. A perfect example are the lips. A lot of patients that come to see me that had their lips injected elsewhere feel that the product migrated, and I really hate to tell them this, but I think that the product may have not been the appropriate one that was used or the uh, the product was placed so in, in such a large amount in an inappropriate area that it seems like it migrated because in the beginning, it actually may just swell and look like you just have fuller lips. But when the swelling goes down and you really start to notice where the product was placed, it was just not placed properly. So therefore, we do need to do some of the erasing of these fillers. And I'm sure if you've been watching or listening to some of the news or watching some of the um, uh, social media posts, a lot of people are starting to get their facial fillers dissolved. And they're getting it dissolved for a number of reasons. And it goes back to everything we just started talking about from the beginning of the podcast, which is... A, it may have been placed improperly. B, after you started to have this weight loss, it now may be located in the improper location. It may have been a wonderful injection at the time, but after you lost 25, 30 pounds, it may not be sitting in the same way that it did when your face was fuller when you had the 30 pounds on board. So keep all these things in mind and really understand that a lot of the things that you're going to have done you need to share with your injector things that are going on in your life. Are you on an Ozempic? Are you trying to gain weight for certain reasons? Are you um, having dental work? Because that also creates an issue where you may want to skip on the filler right around the time of some dental work? Are you, you know, engaged in a lot of microneedling and radiofrequency treatments to your face? Because that may burn up the filler that you're putting in. So all of these things kind of play a role in your ultimate result. And I just think that with me teaching more and more, these topics keep on coming up. And I think it's very important for you, the people that are actually getting these things done, understand this. You've been listening to the Plastic Surgery Revolution. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Davis, and I'll be back with you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Plastic Surgery Revolution with Dr. Stephen Davis. Please subscribe to our show in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. Keep listening, looking great, and feeling better.